Welcome and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, the Vice President of Site Engagement with the Society. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern, share exciting achievements, and learn more about our community. Today, we have Hera Araham, the Director of Marketing and Patient Engagement with DM Clinical Research, here to talk with us about her organization's recipiency of the Excellence in Patient Centricity Award at the 2022 Global Site Solutions Summit that occurred just this past October. Hera, thank you for being here with us. If you wouldn't mind, a brief introduction. Sure. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me on. My name is Hera again from DM Clinical. Um, I have about 10 years of experience in marketing and communications, and most recently, I've been with DM Clinical for over two years now, working in clinical research. So I'm super excited to bring my breadth of experience that was traditionally in the nonprofit world into the clinical research world uh, to tell patient stories in the best way possible. And I'm super grateful to SCRS and Santa Fe for partnering on this Patient Centricity Award um, and being the recipient for it this year. Excellent. Thank you for being here, Hera. We're excited to hear about what you were able to do uh, in terms of patient centricity. So as I had mentioned, you all were the recipients this past summit for the Excellence in Patient Centricity Award, which really focuses on um, its namesake, what our site members are doing to enhance, be innovative in, and really showcase patient centricity, again, at that site level. Um, so We'll get a little bit into your innovative idea and your concept and what you all were capable of doing, Hera. But first, can you talk to us a little bit about how you first identified the issues that the patients have been facing that led you to your, your showcasing project? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing was us understanding that we had these core values that we call patient-centric core values, which are communication, respect, efficiency, accountability, and dedication. The number one was communication. And we were realizing that there were communication gaps with us and the patients that we were serving and that were serving our cause. Um, so we did an internal SWOT analysis here at DM Clinical with internal and external stakeholders, including internal staff and also patients, to try to fit figure out where our communication gaps were. Through that process, we realized, you know, the number one thing that was happening is we were growing so exponentially fast, you know. I think what changed after the pandemic was clinical research as a whole was sort of moving at lightning speed. All of a sudden, COVID research exploded. The company exploded. There was exponential growth. We were growing. And in, the, in that sort of same framework, we were trying to keep up with interested participants, participants that, you know, are already in our clinical trials. And we realized that one of the main problems we were having was a gap in our ability to quickly respond enough to issues. And that was just simple, you know, people calling our phone lines, maybe not reaching the site in time, maybe not reaching our enrollment staff in time. You know, the sites are busy, the staff are busy, people are waiting for a response. And sometimes it was as simple as, you know, what site do I go to because maybe because they haven't read their email or, or they can't remember and they just can't get through. And we realized that we were having these issues with just basic communication that could be solved so quickly. So what we first did was when we did that SWOT analysis, we established a patient engagement team. 
Now, this team focused as an in-house customer service department, much like QA in organizations focuses on quality and data integrity. The patient engagement team sort of focuses on the patient experience and acts as an auditor, an independent auditor on the patient experience and the patient journey for DM Clinical. So we're not, you know, site focused or enrollment focused. We're just patient focus. And I think it was a good place for us to have that department because in marketing, we were bringing in these patients through, you know, our advertising and our recruitment efforts. And so we really cared about that finish line, about whether that patient stayed with us, whether that patient became a repeat participant. And through that initial call center that we were able to establish, we sort of also created an engagement dashboard. And that dashboard allowed us to track real-time metrics and data to establish where our gaps were. Was one site having a particular issue in transportation? Was one site having a particular issue with compensation? Did we have to push a vendor to make sure that our patients were getting paid on time? Did we have to work with another vendor to make sure transportation was accessible? You know, some of our sites are in more rural areas. Um, and in that initial first six months, we answered 17,000 phone calls within the center and we resolved over 1,000 patient issues in real time. That's incredible, Hera. And uh, it really, the point of, of that wonderfully thorough explanation is identifying it through that SWOT analysis was a really beneficial exercise and, and taking into con account considerations for the patient's communication um, and, and where those uh, gaps were happening led you to the creation of this patient-focused group. So really great to hear about what you had been able to do there. So how did you decide then as a result of that SWOT analysis and the development of that patient-centric team to focus on the specific patient-centric practices that you all deployed on. Sure. So the second part of the dashboard used survey data to gather feedback through different points of the patient journey. We conducted several types of surveys, which included the first patient visit, the mid-study, study completion, random surveys, phone screen surveys, and on average, 92% of patients reporting reported being satisfied with each survey that we conducted, which was a good thing. But we understood that in areas where we were underperforming, we needed to be able to meet make meet patient needs and make vast organizational changes to how we present ourselves to our patient. We did a combination of those surveys and spot interviews. We did focus groups and sometimes those small things such as a focus group with our moms who um, participate in some of our pediatric trials. You know, they the patients and the data tell you what decisions to make and sometimes they're not expensive decisions that you can make operationally. Sometimes there are very low cost um, efficiencies that you can put in place to help the patient experience. You know, the mom focus group that we did told us, you know, I have a fussy toddler waiting in a waiting room when, you know, your patient room doesn't really cater to kids is not fun. You know, it'd be nice to have some things there. So we created a coloring book. Our coloring book was called Matt the Meerkat. Um, and it was about, you know, washing your hands during COVID. And we designed it ourselves. We printed it in-house and we put some crayons in the patient rooms and, you know, that solved an easy problem. So it was about looking at measurable data through reviews, through the dashboard. Every time a patient 
called in, we were tracking that information, and we were working with our site staff to create scorecards. And those scorecards were really effective because what they helped us determine is, you know, telling people to make changes towards patient centricity can be a hard thing to do when people already feel like they're patient-centric because they are dealing with patients all day long, every day. So to tell them that you need to be more patient-centric seems a little challenging. So in order to approach it as simple as, you know, making a goal to be more patient-centric through meaningful change is by being able to show them scorecards. Maybe they're not doing so well in the communication area. Maybe they're not doing so well in um, the compensation area. Maybe they're not doing so well in um, the survey on the first visit and the last visit is better or the last visit is, is terrible, but the first visit was better. So making sure that we had continuity, the dashboard and some of the survey data that we had, those KPIs, those metrics helped us create sort of goals that we could operationalize. And one of those goals was also creating a patient advocate training program. So each site has a patient advocate that is focused on making sure that the changes we're trying to implement at the site are tangible, that are, you know, noted, um, that are also helping to support internal behaviors to accept that patient engagement was a company standard and expectation and not just a short-term goal, right? Really interesting, Hera. I like the concept of the dashboard a lot because you're 100% correct. A lot of sites, I'm sure even DM, right, at one point probably thought, yeah, we're patient-centric. We know what we're doing. We've got it under control. We're a site, of course, we're patient-centric. So it's really interesting to hear, you know, once you implement a SWOT analysis, right, to kind of dig into what you are doing well and what you're maybe coming short on and then supplementing that as you had mentioned with that dashboard and those those metrics and the, the the data to show where your gaps are from a patient centricity focused area is a really interesting concept and and very humbling i'm sure for you as a site but then potentially for a lot of our other sites that might be listening to the call um so interesting concept for sure thank you for sharing um some of the details around that but what does dm plan to do to continue to develop these programs further? What's in the works for your patient-centric dashboard, for example? Sure. So I love that question because I think when we came back from the patient-centricity, when we realized that, you know, it's so important to help identify blind spots and track progressive improvement because you're right there are blind spots you know everyone thinks they're patient centric when they're you know meeting those enrollment numbers and everyone looks at it through that lens but the patients guide you on how they want their experience to be they tell you what they want from you and how they want that journey to be like and it's it's beyond just them doing what's required from the study whether it's you know their safety calls or their transportation or their e-diaries or their clean cards it's it's beyond that they'll tell you how they want to be reached out to we had a patient who um was an ambassador for us we have an ambassador program which is our referral program you can refer a friend and he was like, you know, if you want me to refer my friends and family, I don't want you to just, you know, come and talk to me because, you know, we were recruiting for an older RSV trial, 65 and up, and that's a hard population to recruit, you know, especially post-pandemic and things have changed. Um, but he was pretty honest and transparent. He was like, well, I have a, se a seniors ballroom dancing class. 
would you come to that and sponsor that? And we were like, seniors and ballroom dancing? Okay, sure. So we went and we sponsored that. And we went and he was able to bring us 17 referrals. He was our, you know, star ambassador that year. And it's as simple as going to bring some watermelon to a ballroom dancing class to watch seniors ballroom dance. But they help guide you through these focus groups, through these surveys. They tell you how they want to be um reached out to, they tell you how they want to be engaged with, and being able to keep that at the focus of what we do helped us sort of translate that into making meaningful change and support that change through reliable metrics and KPIs. So this is just phase one of, of the dashboard and phase one of the patient centricity program. Um, part of what we've done really well at DM Clinical is also focus on diversity. Our diversity metrics are, are phenomenal. We have over 50% diversity in a lot of our trials. And that comes from this unique patient engagement approach to clinical research, to the patient experience. And we plan to take that further. This was a map of, you know, a, well, a playbook actually of what we could do in Houston. And now I feel like we can take this playbook and operationalize it in any city that we go to. So phase two is on its way, and I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to share more of that work that we do. Really, really cool, Hera, and exciting for sure to hear about. Um, speaking on that tone, right, and and, and advancing it, uh, a dashboard like this, uh, I would consider a heavy lift, right? It's it's not something that you can cobble together in a matter of days and issue for your site. It's been something that I know you've worked on for a long time, put a lot of thought, time, energy, and resources into. So for a site who wants to be more patient-centric, what advice do you have for them? And maybe in the terms of, if you can conceptualize it for us, short-term, kind of easy wins for patient-centricity, but then maybe um, long-term wins, for example, like your dashboard that you created. Sure. I mean, yes, the dashboard sounds incredibly fancy, but you can do a survey in person on a tablet on a Google form, right? So none of these things have to be expensive. The coloring book that we created was in-house. The watermelon we brought to the senior ballroom dancing class was like five bucks at HEB. <laughs> so, you know, some of these things are very low cost things that you can do in real time. I think for long-term patient centricity goals, what sites should focus on is telling the patient's story through their own lens. I think sometimes we have our own narrative of we, what we want the patient to say or what we want to achieve from the data that we get because we're so focused on the enrollment goals, but that's not always sustainable, especially when you're trying to recruit uh, diverse populations for clinical research. Um, there's a lot of work to do there, I know, and it's not sustainable in the long run if you haven't built community around your site, built community around your purpose and your mission. And I think what DM Clinical has done well and what we continue to do is keep the patient at the center of what we do. So even from the top of leadership all the way down to our CRCs, if any single person gets an email or a phone call from a patient, and we all have, even our CEO has, we answer that question call and we will personally make sure we follow up and just listening to the patients and letting them guide you on how, what your initiative should be. I, I'm so sorry. I, I honestly don't know why this thing is ringing if it's on mute. I'll have to figure out my technology later. Um, 
but just letting the patient guide you and supporting your goals and then focusing on what little wins you can do operationally is what's going to be successful for you. The patient advocate could be a really you know, stellar CRC that you already have at site. Maybe it's not an additional resource, but adding that to their scope of work and making them that touch point for the patient so they know that that's their patient advocate at the site is a very small, easy win for sites to achieve. Absolutely, Hera. Those are really great examples of of some things that our site members can do. As we begin to wrap here, is there anything you'd like to share with our industry partners that are listening and how they might better support patient engagement in general or initiatives like this that are grassroots efforts at the site level? Yeah, I think honestly, sometimes the conversation is lost on support from sponsors and CROs to support sites that are actually doing the patient engagement work. I think sometimes that conversation is around just recruitment efforts for a specific trial, which is a very short-term goal, but the long-term goal is to build community. And that takes a lot of resource, a lot of effort, staffing, money, and that's not necessarily always allocated in the budget. And these events, every time you do a walk, right, a walk, an OCD walk or or something else, you're always looking to staff and and to have a booth and and to engage. And you have to do that multiple times to get results. And those things cost. And so, yes, long term, I think that if we partnered better together where some of these conversations were happening earlier on during that process where we told them that it's not just about you ringing us up when it's close to recruitment time and telling us to get, you know, X type of patients during this time for this trial, but also thinking about what is the long-term goal that we're trying to achieve in these communities? How do we build those relationships? And then how do we improve the patient experience where they become ambassadors? So a lot of our success has been at DM to focus on creating ambassadors for us. So they do the work for us when they go and refer their family and friends. And over the last year, because of the focus that we've put on the ambassador program, we've been able to get participants to not just repeat participation in clinical trials, but also refer their families and friends. And that I think is the biggest win. And that comes from more direct support for those initiatives. That's great, Hera. A lot of different things that our partners can do there. So thank you for highlighting some of those um, with us today on the line here. Hera, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for sharing your wonderful developments in the way of patient centricities. I hope and know that it will be very inspirational for a lot of our sites that are listening here. Um, The take-home message for me is humble yourself. Look back and see and do things, gather data, true insights to show how truly patient-centric or not you might be. Um, Don't always just assume that you're doing everything correctly because it sounds like there's always room for improvement. So I applaud DM in taking those steps towards that and hopefully inspiring more to do the same. So thank you again for being here and sharing your innovation with us. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm very grateful. Everyone, make sure that you register for our upcoming summits being held throughout 2023 by visiting the summit page on our website, myscrs.org. While you're on that same website, be sure to check out our other SCRS publications and community resources in the publications section. We appreciate everyone's participation in today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content coming out very soon. Thank you for listening.